Ladies and gentlemen, the Y'all Kickoff Show for Week 11, what we call the Big Weekend, has arrived. And I'm John Rawl, your narrator, and we've got the lineup of all the college football greatness going on this weekend, which includes a presidential trip to Tuscaloosa, Alabama for that big game that we're going to tell you about in just a second. We hope you've had a great week. We hope you're getting ready for this big college football Saturday. It is a, what we call in the South, a monster. And it's going to be a lot of fun. On today's Y'all Kickoff Show, we'll walk through all of our Southern conferences. We'll look at Big 12 games with Matt Hermans in the next segment. But we're going to get him to do double duty as he is our barrister of Big 12 football. But Mr. Hermans is also our barrister of barbecue and cooking. And he's going to share his tip for homemade chips. No need to go get Doritos or Fritos. You can make your own homemade potato chips, and he's going to tell you how to do it. And that'll be at the beginning of the next segment. And then we'll go from there. We'll open up the bag of Big 12 football with Matt Hearman, and that'll be in the next segment. Before the hour is up, it's General Gridiron, Phil Marshall of Football Foretelling. And the general, of course, is going to talk about that Alabama-LSU game. But there's a bunch of other games going on, including several games that have undefeated teams going up against each other and that comes from both the big 10 and the ivy league ranks and so we'll have general gridiron's unique way of getting you ready for kickoff later this hour when we go to hour two of today's y'all show a very special guest will be joining us jeremiah short and he's with the black dog sports podcast that's a mississippi state centric show now msu is off this weekend and they along with texas a&m don't have to suit up but jeremiah is going to talk about the dogs he's going to talk about the rest of the week 11 action of the southeastern conference and that will be coming up at the start of hour two then we'll go to acc country as jonathan lifite of cbs sports digital and the 24 7 sports network will be back on with us to look at all of the acc games this weekend but he's also we've got to get his take on what happened in tallahassee this week with the firing of willie taggart who walks away with a bunch of money millions and millions of dollars to willie taggart for being fired but is this a good thing for Florida State? We'll talk to Jonathan Lifeite about that and other ACC news before we get his take on Week 11. All that in the midway portion of Hour 2. And then when we get to the end of Hour 2, it's college football lanyard. We'll take a quick look at American, CUSA, and Sunbelt action going on here this Week 11. And then we'll look at the FCS games of note to tell you about all of that right here on the Y'all Kickoff Show. If you would like to reach out to us, we welcome that our number is 803-816-1170 our website is yall.com you also can find us on a couple of streaming apps the iHeartRadio app the TuneIn radio app and apple podcast and don't forget we're on twitter and instagram at y'all show this is the y'all kickoff show where on monday through fridays of each week we have the y'all show which blends in some sports along with news politics cooking country music news and more on the end of the week edition we morph that into what you're listening now the y'all kickoff show and we thank you so much for listening all right let's look at this football saturday lineup 
and it starts out here with maryland and ohio stit this game from the horseshoe in columbus it's set for a noon eastern 11 central time kick on fox maryland is three and six the buckeyes are one of those perfect teams and they're eight and oh they just recently got number one on the college football playoff committee rankings votes whatever you want to call that and so they're smiling pretty big there in columbus with the ranking that they have maryland comes in don't think this is going to be too much of contest with the terps and the bucks but that's the early game on fox abc has an early game and it features another big 10 battle and this was going to be one of your best games of the weekend at tcf bank stadium in minneapolis a beautiful stadium remember that was just built a couple of years ago and the vikings even played a season in that stadium when they were building their gigantic stadium there in the twin cities minnesota is under defeated ranked number 17 they're eight and no and penn state number four in the cfp rankings they'll be traveling to minneapolis for this game and one of these teams two teams are going to lose and one will have their first loss of the season and minnesota is they're eight and oh we got to tell you about this eight no coach fleck his team is the first time they've been eight no since 1941 and they've got this huge game going on on the banks of the Mississippi in Minnesota with the Golden Gophers and the Nittany Lions. This is your noon Eastern 11 Central kick on ABC. Early game on the ESPN Network as the Mothership's got the Vanderbilt Commodores and the Florida Gators. The Gators at number 10 in the country. A tough loss for Dan Mullen's troop as they were in Jacksonville last weekend. They returned to Ben Hill Griffin Stadium for the Commodores. Vandy 2-6. and six. I doubt Vandy's going to win another game this year. Although Tennessee, they've kind of had the Vols number over the last couple of years. Maybe that's a win for VU. But Vandy and Florida, Florida with those two losses already already at seven and two and this will be is it i think their next to last sec game because remember they always play it may be their last game let's see they got three games left this is their last sec game now that i think about it because florida traditionally plays an fcs opponent before they play florida state so i think i'm right on that this is the gators final sec game and they'll be facing off against the Vanderbilt Commodores. And if you look at the standings, by the way, of the Gators now with that loss to the Georgia Bulldogs last week, they are in the conference standings four and two. No, I'm sorry on that. They're four and two. This will be their seventh SEC game when they play the Vanderbilt Commodores as Florida still has an SEC game to come as they will have Missouri. They got Missouri. Okay, they played their FCS game early in the season. That's right. They usually play late in the season, but they did play Towson, and they blanked the Tigers 38-0 early in the season. And now Vanderbilt this week at Missouri, and then they'll take a week off before playing the Florida State Seminoles and a interim coach there for FSU when they get together at Ben Hill Griffin. But the Gators indoors, the early game on ESPN. My apologies for not having the Gators schedule memorized. A good battle of another unbeaten team will be played early on this day as Baylor will be at TCU. The Bears are 12th in the country, 8-0. and This game on the Fox Sports 1 network, it's called the Revivalry, the battle between Baylor and TCU. And Eamon Carter Stadium hosts this Revivalry and and Baylor is, of course, perfect. TCU 4-4, four and four, as Coach Patterson's had a rough two years now. If TCU loses this battle, they'll have a losing record. And last year was pretty bad for TCU Horn Frog fans. 
This year could be even worse if they don't get the ship righted. But the revivalry renewed uh, 12 Eastern 11 Fort Worth time kick again on Fox Sports 1. SMU had their first loss of the week of the year rather last weekend in Memphis and the Ponies returned back to the Metroplex. They're ranked 25th in the country this week and Mike Houston's East Carolina Pirates come knocking to Sonny Dyke's door. This is an ESPN ESPNU broadcast from Gerald J. Ford Stadium in Dallas, set for noon Eastern, 11 Big D time, again on ESPNU. Now to the big game as we walk our way through the Saturday days lineup. And you've got Alabama at three, LSU at two. Again, this is according to the CFP projections, not necessarily the AP. I think LSU still won there, Alabama two. But the Crimson Tide will be hosting the Ed Orgeron coach, LSU Tigers. President Donald J. Trump will be in the rafters of Bryant-Denny Stadium. And if you thought it was going to be bad already because you got a top two team, go, the top two teams in the country going after each other in, uh, in, in this place there in Tuscaloosa, in Tuscaloosa County, Alabama, then you mix in a presidential visit. And I saw somebody, I think it was on Wednesday night, put out there, if you haven't made your trip to Tuscaloosa already for this weekend's game, you're too late. I'm sure security is going to be all over the place. You're going to have thousands and thousands and thousands of fans, and I guess game day will be there. It, it's it's a madhouse, and that's the way we like it. Now, going in history, I don't recall a sitting U.S. president going to an SEC game at an SEC stadium, maybe ever. I, I, I'm really challenged here because – I don't remember George W. Bush going to any games. Obama never went to an SEC football game, to my knowledge. And then you go back to the Clinton years. Now, it would make sense that Slick Willie would have gone to see the Razorbacks play football. But I don't remember. I don't remember him doing it. Now, he went to a couple of their basketball games. He was a huge Razorback basketball fan. I'm sure he probably did, but I'm not aware of it. So this could be the first presidential visit to an SEC stadium ever but if not ever in quite some time, it, it'll be awesome to see all of the Alabama pageantry on display and LSU, which always is one of the best teams from a fan standpoint in college football. These two, they don't like each other, and now they have something to play for. Both are undefeated. Both want to take that edge and get to Atlanta and win the SEC. But more importantly, both want to keep winning and get into the playoff and perhaps bring back another national championship. It's going to be a big one on CBS. 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central. It's Orgeron and Saban. Cannot wait for that one. By the way, Alabama is favored in this one. But we know that Joe Burrow is the odds-on favorite right now to win the Heisman. It ought to be a dandy in T-Town. Now to the Big 12. ESPN has a game kicking off at the same time as LSU-Bama. As Kansas State ranks 16th in the land, they'll be taking on the Texas Longhorns. Both of these teams have a couple of losses on the season already. But K-State is streaking. Coach Cleman's Wildcats, man, they've already defeated Oklahoma. And they've got a chance to go win at Austin. Should be a dandy from Royal Texas Memorial Stadium in Austin. Again, this is on the 40 acres, set for a 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Weird Austin time kick on ESPN. 
In the ACC, believe it or not, we've got a top 20 matchup with Wake Forest at number 19. Now, Virginia Tech's not ranked, but the Hokies host the Demons from Lane Stadium in Blacksburg. This is an ACCN broadcast set for 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central. Hey, again, this famous time, in case you don't want to tune in to Alabama, LSU, you can boycott and cut on ACCN and see the Hokies and the Demon Deacons. Wake, by the way, 7-1. and one. The only loss for the Deeks this year came in really a crazy shootout with Louisville that they lost by a couple of points, even had a chance to possibly tie it up, go to overtime at the end, but they lost in a real shootout. And I think it was a rainy night from what I remember there in Winston-Salem. But now the Deacons will be on the road in Blacksburg, not too far away, by the way, taking on this Virginia Tech coached by the great Fuente, and then he's got his gobblers ready for a t- chance to knock off a top 20 team. This ought to be a fun game on ACCN. Now on CBS SN in the same time slot, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central on this football Saturday, the Huskies of UConn, they'll be going to Cincinnati, and number 20 Cincinnati awaits the Bearcats, the 20th ranked team in the land with only one loss. That one loss, by the way, was to the number one team in the country, the Ohio State Buckeyes and Cincinnati UConn from Nippert Stadium, 3.30 Cincinnati time, again on CBSSN. The Fox Network's got a doubleheader on this day, and the Iowa Hawkeyes and the Wisconsin Badgers battle for that big old bull trophy that they give away, the Heartland Trophy. This game set for Camp Randall Stadium. It's a 4 Eastern, 3 o'clock kick on the Fox Network. And Wisconsin, which has had two straight losses to Illinois, to Ohio State, return home to jump around country. And will the Hawkeyes, ranked 18, come in there and pull the upset? This is a matchup of two top 20 teams as I was 18, Wisconsin is 13. It ought to be a great one in Big Ten play. Maybe not quite as good as the Penn State-Minnesota game, but this one's worth watching if you get a chance on Fox mid-afternoon. The SEC's got a matchup of the Missouri Tigers going between the hedges. ESPN broadcast this game from Dooley Field at Sanford Stadium in Athens. Georgia, six in the land with only one loss again to South Carolina. But they're sitting pretty. If they can keep winning, you might just see those dogs creep into the college football playoff. And Mizzou comes in with three losses on the season. Five and three are Missouri. And they've got Georgia a pretty tall task since Missouri, I don't think, has still won a road game the entire year. And they're going to be on the road for a while. Now back to the ACC. ABC's got a primetime game, 730 Eastern, 630 Central. It's the Textile Bowl. The number five Clemson Tigers in Raleigh at Carter-Finley to take on the NC State Wolfpack. Coach Doran's team is sitting at 500 with a record of 4-4, four and four, and the Dabo Sweeney Coach Tigers are 9-0, and oh, and they're on a mission. If they knock off NC State, the only challenge they got is to beat Wake Forest, and they'll be then taking care of the ACC, and then only one game left on the season and that's in williams Bryce Stadium against the Gamecocks. But that will be out of the conference. But Clemson with a real solid chance to capture another ACC title. they got to beat NC State. they got to beat Wake Forest. But the first chapter of that is this weekend, again, on ABC, 730 Eastern, 630 Central, the Pack and the Tigers. 
an ABC matchup, or rather an ACCN matchup, has Notre Dame, the ACC almost member in football. The Irish are ranked 15th, and they'll be in Durham at Wallace Wade to visit David Cutcliffe's Duke Blue Devils. Duke is 4-4. Four and four. They had a week off last week to prepare. Notre Dame comes in at 6-2, and two, again 15 in the land. This is a 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central time kick on ACCN. A Big 12 battle that features number nine, Oklahoma, hosting the Cyclones of Iowa State from Memorial Stadium in Norman. And I think it was two years ago, Coach Campbell's Cyclones spun their way to Norman and walked out winners against OU. Not likely to happen this year. Oklahoma, again, number nine. And this game is going to be on Fox at 8 Eastern, 7 Central. And then way out west, a late night game. If you want to have a, a long Saturday, you can enjoy one more game before you toss and turn for the night from Albertson Stadium in Boise the Cowboys of Wyoming which have a win over Missouri to start the season the Pokes will be in Boise to visit the Boise State Broncos who are 7-1 and and ranked number 22 in the land this game kicks off on ESPN at 10-15 Eastern 9-15 Central and I guess that would be 7 out in Boise time if they're on Pacific time all this time change stuff man it's really throwing me for a loop how about you but those are your top 25 games going on here on this 11th weekend of college football when we come back after the break our barbecue and big 12 barrister matt hermans is going to be joining us and he's going to first talk about how to make homemade chips that's worth the that's worth listening to throughout the break and he'll also talk big 12 football that plus general gridiron still to come in this the first hour of today's y'all kickoff show Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lay down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. You two can come home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. And now for a limited time, receive a free Purple product with your order. When you text OFFER to 84888, that's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. From ooh to aww. Whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at Vistaprint.com. Discover cards in the latest trends or fill a calendar with your favorite photos. So make more merry at Vistaprint.com with up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus great deals on photo gifts. Just enter code HOLIDAY50 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com. Code HOLIDAY50. 
like homemade chips. I like uh, freshly fried chips. Um, you know, that's you call me a lot of things. You may uh, you may uh, call me a little bit of a food hipster there. But can I, I, can I would I would can I call you I chip? Would, yeah, I guess you call me chips. You know, Poncho John. Well, that's an old reference, but uh, yeah, no, I, I like I like fresh chips, and and the best if you're going to make fresh chips. In other words, when I say fresh chips, I don't mean like you just pull them out of the bag. I'm talking about potatoes in the fryer, you know, with some seasoning, whatever seasoning you prefer. I like a little blackened seasoning on my potato chips personally, but that's a little Gulf Coast uh, taste buds here. But I like chips. So what you want to do if you're going to make your own chips is you've got to salt the uh, the potatoes. So of course you got to slice them any way you like. If you like them thin, slice them thin. There's all kinds of different machines that can slice them for you. You can just do it with a knife. But you've got to salt them. You've got to brine your chips, which means you've got to let them soak and bathe in a salty uh, saline type of uh, solution. And what this does is takes a lot of the extra water out of the potato. We all know, you know potatoes are very high in water and water doesn't fry very well it keeps your chips soft so you want to do that if anybody's going to mess around and try some fancy you know homemade potato chips which are delicious and can be very very crunchy if you do them correctly make sure you give them a bath in salt water uh, for about an hour uh, that will change the texture of the whole thing and you want to dry them off before you dunk them into the, the into the oil so really cool really fun you can you know if you feel like taking it up to another level if you can do a tailgate uh, try some homemade chips all you need is a, a little fry daddy thing or you need a, uh, maybe a cast iron skillet uh, just fry them like you would anything else but make sure you give them that salt bath then you can add you can toss them in sauce like wings you can season them up with your favorite type of seasoning put barbecue rub on it uh, you can make your own what you call Irish nachos with some uh, with some potato chips. They're really good. I really like them. Now that guy, he knows his stuff, and that was our barbecue barrister Matt Hermans. And tune in each Tuesday to the Y'all Show as Hermans drops by and talks about the Big Twelve, and he talks about barbecue. And you can listen to Tuesday's show via your podcast option and get more and more of Matt Hermans. And man, his way of making those homemade chips—does that not sound delish? Need to get that to the tailgate here this weekend, if at all possible. This is the Y'all Kickoff Show. I'm John Rawl. In addition to having Mr. Herons talk about, of course, barbecue and chips and more, we have to have him do double duty and talk Big 12 football. It is week 11 of college football, and we're going to get Matt to talk about all of the games going on in the conference. But first off, in order to understand the Big 12, remember, this is the only conference that everybody plays each other. And to get to the conference championship game in Arlington, you kind of need to be one of the two best teams. So you better be doing good in the standings race. And so right now, to kind of get us ready for who just might be playing in Jerry World in a couple of weeks, we better look at the Big 12 standings. And and when we peruse over there, Matt Hermans, we look at what's going on. And Baylor is the only team perfect in the conference. They're 5-0, 8-0 overall, ranked 11th in the latest AP poll. The Sooners are in the next spot at second place Oklahoma is 4-1 in the conference and then you've got a couple of teams with a 3-2 and two mark and that includes K-State Iowa State and the Horns they're going to face off here this weekend more on that in just a second after their victory over T 
TCU, the Oklahoma State Cowboys, and the mullet man. And I tell you what, those cameras just love to focus on him in that mullet yes, when he has a do. game. Yes, they do. Has he given an it explanation is. for that, why it continues to get bigger and bigger each year? It's like the fair. I think – yeah, I, th- I think he's just said. I think he's just said it's awesome. That's pretty much <laughs> yeah. it. That's why because it's awesome. Like, why would you even ask me? Well, it's just awesome. He's the only grown man that I'm aware of in this millennium that has a mullet. So, <laughs> congratulations there. Yes, very well t- trimmed and well taken care of mullet too. He's yeah, really. It's really it's pretty pretty luxurious actually. The fellows out of Lubbock, Texas Tech, one and four, three and five overall. West Virginia also. <laughs> one and four good performance against baylor but it still goes down as a loss and the nears are one and four three and five and then kansas is at one and five in big 12 play three and six overall and now we find ourselves here in week 11 of college football and as we said we got a big one going on on the 40 acres as texas has kansas state coming in for an espn broadcast it'll be a 3:30 eastern 2:30 weird austin time kick between the number 20 wildcats and the horns and matt did you know that chris Kleeman, if somehow he emerges from austin victorious he'll be the first First year head coach in Big 12 history to beat both the Oklahoma Sooners and the Texas Longhorns in that his initial season. Pretty big record that he could break here this week. Yeah, that's a huge deal. And um, an interesting thing about the Kansas State Wildcats is uh, if you go back and look over the last uh, 10, 12 years or so, they have no problem going into Austin and beating the, the Longhorns. They have no problem beating the Longhorns anywhere. Uh, Kansas State has really enjoyed uh, beating the Texas Longhorns, uh, whether it was under uh, uh, Ron Prince during his short stint. Ron Prince, or, that's a name we've or, never said on this show. Uh, that's right, now we have. Um, and that's probably the last time we'll say it. But um, yeah, or, or of course, Bill Snyder. K-State just does not have any... Uh, any uh, overwhelming amount of respect for the Longhorns, and they enjoy beating them. So, and of course, new coaching staff, um, new coach. They've already beaten uh, the Oklahoma Sooners, and of course, the Oklahoma Sooners have beaten the Longhorns. You can't really extrapolate that out, but um, you know there are some uh, some Kansas State fans who would call. Um, Daryl K. Royal Memorial Stadium there in Austin, maybe like a second home field. Manhattan probably make, South, huh? Yeah, yeah. They would probably make some folks angry about that, but you know, it's uh, it has been the site of, of some wins for the K State uh, Wildcats. So I think it'll be a heck of a game. Um, you know, now, of course, Texas coming off a of bye week will be more rested than the K State uh, Wildcats, but um, you know, sometimes when you're coming off a couple losses, that rust didn't do you a whole lot of good. So we'll see. It may be rust versus rest or uh, something like that. But uh, I think Kansas State has a good chance of going in there and doing what they've done in the past. All right. Again, this is your mid-afternoon game on ESPN. The Big 12 action begins early on Fox Sports 1 at noon Eastern, 11 Fort Worth time. Those Horn Frogs try to bounce back from their loss against Oklahoma State, and they've got a little rivalry game with their old Southwest foe, the Baylor Bears, ranked 11 in the country. They come into Fort Worth for this game. Your thoughts on this Lone Star matchup? Yeah, these two teams do not like each other um, at all. Uh, maybe it's the uh, 
well, it's a private uh, private school deal, and, and you know, not to go too deep into it, but Baylor did not want uh, another private school coming into the Big Twelve Conference when TCU jumped into the, the league several years ago. I guess uh, they, they got just, outvoted. <laughs> yeah, they 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 didn't they weren't able to stop it. But they were not uh, they were not interested in bringing in another denominational private school. Um, particularly two hours up the road uh, from Waco. But uh, they did, and TCU has had eh, some level of, of success in the conference, uh, some years better than others, but they don't like each other. Uh, you got the Baptists there in Waco, and you got the, the denomination called the Disciples of Christ, which is where Texas Christian University comes from. So you'll have the battle of the uh, yeah, the battle of the, the denominations there, I guess, um, uh, battle of the two private schools in the Big 12 uh, also. But it uh, should be a good game. TCU is going to bring bring their A game for sure. I know that sounds cliche, but they really don't like Baylor, and uh, Baylor really doesn't like them. So this will be a uh, – and not to mention Baylor is – I mean, yeah, they're, they're undefeated, but – like they they don't beat anybody by more than seven points, so you can almost guarantee that this is going to be a close game, particularly with the kind of the background noise there. So I'm looking forward to that game. That's kind of a, uh, I may not mean a whole lot for TCU, but it, it it does for that fan base. All right, again, this is your early game on Fox Sports One. Then in Morgantown, the Red Raiders will ride in to West Virginia for this one. This is a noon Morgantown time, eleven Lubbock time, time kick on ESPN Two from Milan Pusker Stadium. Hey, this is a match of two teams that if you look at the standings are about as even as it gets <laughs> yeah which is the who, which is the worst team in the big 12 this is the the game that's going to decide that and you know neither one wants to be there there's a little bit of a subtext here and that neil brown um is a former texas tech uh, offensive coordinator under <clears throat> excuse me tommy tuberville a few years back so neil brown's very familiar with texas tech i'm not sure uh, how happy he was about the way that whole thing came apart, um, particularly with uh, uh, Tuberville leaving in the way he's left other schools. We'll leave it at that. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure how, how big of a fan Neil Brown is of Lubbock or the Red Raiders, um, honestly. So, uh, and, that the, you know, that's a different subject. But I think uh, maybe there's some animosity there. Maybe he'd really like to beat Texas Tech the first time he's going to be able to play his his old old uh, employer i guess um and uh, and nobody wants to be at the bottom of the standings so one of these teams will be at the bottom of the standings and um, that will be determined there in, in uh on saturday coming up so um yeah what we'll, we'll uh, there's not a whole lot much else to say about that. well a common denominator here in this matchup is both teams have already faced off against baylor and both teams could yes. have could have slash should have won that game at baylor yeah, that's true. And one of them you could say maybe did, but uh, that's another subject we've already covered. But yeah, you're right. They've already faced off against Baylor and, and narrowly uh, were defeated. So yeah, there's a couple different um, uh, common denominators there. And they, they've played, you know, the, the uh, a lot of, uh, you know, both the teams have have struggled. We'll just leave it at that. They both struggled on both sides of the ball the whole year. So uh, we'll see how that shakes out. 
prime time on Fox this football Saturday night. You've got the number nine Sooners, and they'll be playing against the Iowa State Cyclones. I think the last time ISU went into Norman, they emerged victorious. This game is going to be on Fox again at 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Norman time. It's the Cyclones and those land grabbers. That's right. Watch out for the Iowa State Cyclones, uh, another team that is starting to hit their stride um, mid to late season here. Uh, the offense has been formidable. Brock Purdy uh, being a, uh, a primary driver there with the wheels as well as the arm going downfield. And uh, the defense kind of rounding into shape too. Matt Campbell's got, seems like he always gets them rolling mid to late season. But uh, yeah, I would not, uh, if you're Oklahoma, as formidable as they are there in Norman, and they certainly are, I would not sleep on Iowa State. This is a team that is looking like an upper echelon Big 12 team right now on both sides of the ball. And they have won, and they have beaten Oklahoma before. So, um, yeah, this should be a heck of a football game. I anticipate this one being close into the fourth quarter. Coach Campbell's clones, if that's their nickname from some circles, they are 3-2 and two in Big 12 play and looking good. Just a, a great chance to go in there and shock the world again here on this football weekend. Hang on to your sombrero. When we come back after this short timeout, our friend General Gridiron will be dropping by with his delicious report of all things college football, and it is going to be just full of great information. Alabama LSU, his projection there, as well as Penn State, Minnesota, even Dartmouth and Princeton getting together at Yankee Stadium this weekend. All of that to come in General Gridiron's report, and it's up next. I want to keep my heart healthy, so I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor-free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol, and I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <coughs> now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CBS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Would you get on an airplane if you knew it had a 50% chance of crashing? You may be riding that plane right now. If you have your money in a 401k or IRA and you plan to take out the recommended percentage each year when you retire, your chance of running out of money is 50%. 50%. But there's a better and safer way to secure your income in retirement. Discover how in a free book called Rescue Your Retirement. This wealth building strategy has never had a losing year in more than a century. In fact, even the man who invented the 401k now prefers this method instead. Get Rescue Your Retirement free for just a small shipping charge and enjoy a safe landing and a comfortable retirement. Get this free book and make sure you don't run out of money. 
Hurry, this offer is extremely limited. To get your free copy, just go to growwealthsafely.com. That's growwealthsafely.com to discover how to rescue your retirement. Growwealthsafely.com. Welcome into the bunker of General Grand, Field Marshal of Football Forecasting. We're about to map out the way this college football weekend is going to go. Will your favorite team be marching to victory, or will the enemy be taking your battle flag? Well, the big weekend is finally here. Not only do we have unbeatens Alabama and LSU squaring off in T-Town, Lily White Penn State flies to Minneapolis for a Big Ten hoedown of 8-0 teams. Heck, even the 7-0 Princeton Tigers and 7-0 Dartmouth Big Green play for Ivy League supremacy at the home of the Bronx Bombers this weekend. What a great day we have in store. So grab your helmet and man those battle stations. Get ready for another round of General Gridiron's football foretelling. Penn State at Minnesota. The bank will be open this Saturday and set to prematurely cash the Nittany Lions' plans at perfection. What we have going on inside TF Bank Stadium are these number five lines and the 8-0 Golden Gophers. The first time Golden Gophers had an 8-0 mark since way back in 1941. Things are so dang good now for the U of M. Head coach P.J. Fleck just agreed this week to a new deal through 2026, and he'll be making around five mil a season. Not bad. The Keystone Kitties ain't going to be giving a standing ovation to the home team. James Franklin's litter are off to a dang good start as well. And with the Buckeyes looming, they know their big season plans will be frozen shut in blistery cold Twin Cities with a loss. FYI, Flurry's in a low of 23 on this day. The maroon and gold gets hot, stays hot, and stays unbeaten. The Generals' victor, Minnesota. Tennessee at Kentucky. The barrel battles back for the 115th meeting of these longtime border rivals. Big Blue and Big Orange first got together in 1893, a 56-to-nothing thumping of the University of Tennessee by the then Kentucky State College Blue and White and head coach John Thompson. No, not the one that coached Georgetown in basketball. Doubt if we'll see a score like this at Kroger Field. The visitors do show up with a little bit of renewed energy. Smokies had double-digit wins in three of the last four outings. And while we're talking history today, this year marks the 25th anniversary of UT's 52 to nothing shellacking of the Cats. No chance either squad can amass 52 points this weekend, but the Vols will have more on the scoreboard late Saturday night. The Generals' victor, Tennessee. Baylor at TCU. This contest is often referred to as the Revivalry. (laughs) Kind of catchy. Similar to the UK-UT series, this weekend marks the 115th time these Lone Star Holy Rollers have met in the pigskin pulpit. The Baptists are having one incredible season thus far. Undefeated and ranked number 11. Big things, really big things, lie ahead for Matt Rule's burly beast if the winds keep a-coming. The visored one in the TCU apparel is a sly fox come game day, and his Texas toads are going to be ready to jump, but just not high enough for the Baylor Bears. The Generals' victor, Baylor. University of Tennessee at Martin at Austin P. UT Martin, that FCS team from West Tennessee that should be penalized for trying to look just like Auburn out on the gridiron, paces its way to Clarksville with a chance to make history. In their nearly three decades as a member of the Ohio Valley Conference, the Skyhawks have only won one OVC title. 
a victory at Go P, and Jason Simpson's team can claim at least a share of the conference title. But the governors look to impeach the high-flying birds. First-year coach Mark Hudsmith, who did a pretty good job leading the Raging Cajuns, has the Montgomery County delegation at 4-1 and one in OVC play, with the opportunity to kiss babies and shake hands on their way to an FCS playoffs berth. This mid-afternoon contest between volunteer state colleges will be worth the watch. And the Sergeant York Trophy will go to Austin P. Louisville at Miami. The Cardinals and Canes have already met this week in South Florida, with the Big Red Birdie slam-dunking the U on the court in the season and ACC opener for both. Yes, college basketball's back, y'all. But let's not fast-forward to that noble sport when there's so much football fortune at stake for both the U of L and UM. Both programs have first-year coaches calling the shots now, and both programs are at five total wins and need to keep on the plus side in their bowl quest. Kane's freshman QB Jaron Williams and his 313 yards passing got Willie Taggart fired last week. And at the Veal, Scott Satterfield's not quite on the hot seat, but he'll be hot under his bright red collar Saturday afternoon concerning the U's offensive assault upon his team. The General's victor, Miami. Just ahead on General Gridiron, a celebration of college football's 150th anniversary will go down at New York's Yankee Stadium, where two unbeatens will play for an Ivy League pennant. And in Tuscaloosa, President Trump and a stadium of deplorables will witness an epic contest of number one LSU and number two Alabama. General Gridiron will be right back. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Hello, soldiers. This is General Gridiron back with you. Each week, this fabulous football forecast is heard on some of the finest radio stations where college football rocks, including 101.7 WGOG, the Golden Corners radio station, and the home of Walhalla Razorbacks High School Football in Walhalla, South Carolina. And in Dothan, Alabama, on WDIG AM 1450. We appreciate all of our radio affiliates. Now, let's get back into the football fight. Iowa at Wisconsin. The Heartland Trophy, a gigantic brass bull trophy, will go to the victor in Madison. Don't you just love this time of the college football season when creative trophies are handed out to winners from coast to coast? Bucky Badger better have brass bull, you get what I'm saying, to to withstand what Herky is serving up at kickoff. The jump-arounds return home after two straight embarrassing losses, inexplicably to Illinois, and then their buttocks handed to them in the horseshoe. This Big Ten West skirmish will decide who has a fighting chance to join the Gophers in a divisional race. And when it's done, that big old bull will go home with Iowa. Kansas State at Texas 
Chris Kleeman is making $2.3 million in his first season, skippering the Kansas State Wildcats. That's a pretty good bargain for K-State, considering the Iowa native has the Cats at 6-2, and two, and that includes wins at an SEC school and a win over then-undefeated Oklahoma. A triumph on the 40 acres this Saturday afternoon, and Kleeman will become the first Big 12 coach to knock off Goliath's OU and UT in a rookie season at the wheel. Oh, what does Kleeman's counterpart this weekend make in a year? A cool 5.2 mil. But Tom Herman's Benjamins won't be enough to thwart a throng of cool cats not weirded out in Austin. The Generals' victor, Kansas State. Notre Dame at Duke. When the Irish entered their sometimes-in, sometimes-out arrangement with the ACC, a football contest at Wallace Wade Stadium in Durham probably wasn't on the front burner of exciting possibilities. This one's so bad, even Notre Dame fans in South Bend will have a hard time catching it on the boob tube. The the 100,000 Comcast subscribers in Michiana ain't got the ACC in, and this is where the Leprechauns can be seen playing their other official ACC sports on the Charlotte-based startup. Coach Cutcliffe's Devils had a much-needed breather last week, and they used the timeout to fix the two-week football funk that has them at 500. And because of that, this will be a little too close for the Irish and a little too embarrassing as well. The Generals' victor, Duke. Princeton versus Dartmouth at Yankee Stadium. The Ivy League, the Cadillac of college football. Seriously, though, remember, this is the conference that's kind of been doing the sport since 1869. And as we celebrate the 150th year of the greatest sport in the world, how's about this brainiac battle going down at New York's iconic Yankee Stadium? And need more attribution? Both the Tigers and Big Green Indians are a perfect 7-0 entering this ESPNU broadcast. God just might be on the New Hampshire school side. Did y'all see that dramatic Hail Mary at the buzzer to best Harvard last Saturday? Oh, these New Jersey nerds actually played in that first ever college football game back in 69 and lost to Rutgers, believe it or not. But revenge will finally come this day in the house that Jeter built as senior quarterback Kevin Davidson will knock Dartmouth right out of the park. The Generals victor, Princeton. LSU at Alabama. No need to wax poetic on this one. President Trump's supposed to channel Richard Nixon 1969. (laughs) No, not with Watergate and impeachment, but to possibly crown a new champ when this one wraps. Number one and number two. The nation will be watching. Is the fast-talking Cajun coach truly going to make LSU great again? Or will Nick Saban have another huge win and call out the fake news that said the Tigers would triumph? The real question, which coach will have worse hair than the Commander-in-Chiefs when taking a victory ride off the Bryant-Denny Stadium field? And that answer is Nick Saban as Alabama is your victor. We've already looked at the weekend's biggest battles across the nation. But hang on to your helmet. There's more around the corner. We'll be back in just a second to wrap up this week's General Gridiron with our rapid-fire picks. 
from ooh to aww. Whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at Vistaprint.com. Discover cards in the latest trends or fill a calendar with your favorite photos. So make more merry at Vistaprint.com with up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars, plus great deals on photo gifts. Just enter code HOLIDAY50 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, code HOLIDAY50. This is General Gridiron back with you. We've already maneuvered through this 11th weekend of college football frontline college football showdowns. Now, it's time to fix bayonets and storm the field with our rapid-fire football forecast. Clemson beats NC State. Oklahoma bounces back against Iowa State. USC rides on top of Arizona State. Wake Forest tosses Virginia Tech. Central Arkansas takes control of the Southland versus Southeastern Louisiana. Florida spanks Vanderbilt. SMU gets back to business against East Carolina. Louisiana Tech lassos North Texas. Washington State bewilders California. Western Kentucky embarrasses Arkansas. West Virginia burns Texas Tech. And in Columbia, the South Carolina Gamecocks spur Appalachian State. Well, troops, you can now put your swords back in their scabbards. We're all out of picks on this edition of General Gridiron. We'll be back again next week, same General Gridiron time, same General Gridiron station. So don't forget to tune us in on the radio, Facebook, YouTube TV, or download the Y'all Show free on iTunes podcast. This is John Rawl, the General of Gridiron Glory, thanking you for letting me be part of your weekend celebration. General Gridiron is a production of Y'all. For more, log on to y'all.com, the ultimate guide to the South. That'll be all, y'all. As we do each and every week, we kind of keep a tally of General Gridiron's projections and what he says is going to happen. And General, we wish you the best, especially with that big Alabama LSU bowl pick you got there. When we come back after the break, we've got another hour of the Y'all Kickoff Show. Speaking of Alabama and those Bayou Bengals, we're going to be visiting with Jeremiah Short to start the hour as he has a Mississippi State-centric podcast. And we have worked with Jeremiah for more than a decade covering Mississippi State sports here at the Y'all Kickoff Show. And we'll get his take on week 11, plus maybe get a little bit more information about Joe Moorhead's program, which has an open weekend this weekend our sec spotlight begins the y'all kickoff hour two and then we'll move over to the atlantic coast conference jonathan lifeite will be driving by with a little bit of analysis on the coaching change for the florida state seminoles and other news of the acc plus the matchups here this weekend and we conclude this y'all kickoff show with our college football lanyap all that in hour number two stay where you are
my goodness. It's hour two of the Y'all Kickoff Show, and we're going to talk about that LSU-Alabama game. If you haven't got enough about that one, well, we got more coming your way momentarily. Jeremiah Short's with us here as we start this second hour in our SEC Spotlight. What's going on in week 11 of the Southeastern Conference? And in the next segment, we'll switch over to the Atlantic Coast Conference. We'll dial up Jonathan Leifite of CBS Sports Digital and the 24-7 Sports Network. We'll get his analysis on the coaching change for Florida State, other news from the ACC, and what's going on in the ACC this weekend. All that coming up midway through this hour. And then on the back end, the last hole of this y'all kickoff show, we will talk about the college football land yap. And that includes our information about the group of five. What's going on with the American Conference? What's going on with the CUSA Conference? What's going on with the Sun Belt? And of course, we want to give the FCS teams a little traction. All that in our college football land yap coming up at the end of today's hour two. But we start off this hour two with the SEC in mind. And from the Black Dog Sports Podcast, we welcome back to our fold here, Jeremiah Short. He's worked with me a long time on all kinds of Mississippi State Bulldog stuff and more. And he's taking a little time to join us here, getting ready for week 11 of SEC football. Can't wait for that. And Jeremiah, the Mississippi State Bulldogs are off this weekend as they have a much-needed breather. The A&M Aggies also with a little breather this weekend. And so with that in mind, with an open weekend, Jeremiah, what are your plans? Uh, honestly, I have a, a, a training. Of course, I'm a teacher by trade now. So even though I still talk about sports occasionally, hmm. uh, I'm a teacher by trade. So I'll be going to a training, learning how I can work with those uh, multilingual students and students who uh, need those extra support. So that's what I'll be doing on Saturday. I know, I know normally you support those dogs. In fact, I think just a couple of weeks ago, I saw your handiwork on Facebook. You were in attendance at Kyle Field when MSU uh, lost yeah. there. Oh, yeah. I definitely was in attendance for that. <laughs> uh, but it still, was, it still was an exciting game to go to, and I'm trying not to use that word. I try to use a more extensive vocabulary. But it was fun being there because I've always uh, – A&M was kind of my adopted – Texas school in a way because yeah. I guess they remind me of Mississippi State so much and apparently we modeled our whole school after them mm-hmm. uh, from what I'm saying so uh, I love their tradition so that was kind of the, the great part about being there you know I got to see my dogs got to ride the bus and talk to other MSU fans and that was really cool and then just the thing about it just seeing the Aggie traditions and just seeing dogs in person even though we didn't really play the best, and we didn't come out with a victory. It was still good to be able to see them. One more yes. similarity between the Dogs and the Aggies. Both teams are off this weekend, but we do have plenty of SEC action going on, including something from the SEC East. Those Vanderbilt Commodores will be going to Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, and the Florida Gators, ranked number 10 in the country, they're back at home after a very tough loss to the Georgia Bulldogs in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. This is one of those famous Jeremiah Short kickoff times 12 noon 11 central on espn it's vandy and the gators what do you think of this matchup uh, i think obviously uh florida takes it home but the thing about it i think vandy pulled the upset the other week and their team you kind of got to watch out for it something about Derek mason even though they probably hadn't been able to get over the hump and it's time there i've always been a, and i even suggested him if we got rid of Moorhead, he would be a guy i would really like to see in, in that maroon and white but his ability to motivate, he's, that's the type of trap game you have to kind of watch out for. So I think Florida's going to pull it out. But at the same time, like, that's the type of game I think you have to kind of 
watch out for because Derrick Mason does have an ability to motivate his players. The Arkansas Razorbacks are 2-7 and seven and have not won an SEC game in two years now, and they won't have to worry about winning an SEC game this weekend. They go out of conference as the Hilltoppers come in from Bowling Green. It's Western Kentucky and the Hogs, a SEC network kickoff time, 12 noon, 11 o'clock in the Ozarks. Of course, last weekend, the Mississippi State Bulldogs embarrassed Arkansas in front of the home crowd there at Razorback Stadium. Can the Razorbacks win this weekend? Because if you were asking me, Jeremiah, I'd say this game's a toss-up. Yeah, they're, they're pretty bad. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, the fact that we're a team that struggled all year in offense and we went up and put, what, 50, 40-some points on them. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's the type of game they maybe they can pull it out because they need to – you know, they need that victory then. Jerry Jones' grandson is starting. So, I mean, they have to win this. And, you know, Jerry Jones' grandson is the starter, even though that's probably just for the rest of the season because they have a young freshman, I think, that's going to probably take over next year. But at the same time, you know, that's the game where, you know, they kind of need to pull this while they need, they need, they need something the same way we needed to blow them out. They need something just to kind of get our fans hope. And I don't have names, but I think from what I read on one of the Arkansas websites that the Hilltoppers are kind of buffeted by a couple of transfers from Arkansas, oddly enough. So that would be rather embarrassing if the Hilltoppers did go into Fayetteville and win. Remember last year, North Texas, out of that same conference, CUSA embarrassed the Hogs. Eh, That was more of an October matchup. Hey, the Aggies are playing this weekend, Jeremiah. They'll be at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium where the fish of Mississippi, the Mississippi Land Sharks, and the Aggies have an SEC Network game set for 4 Eastern, 3 o'clock. But no, this is not the Texas A&M Aggies. They've already gone into Vaught-Hemingway and won this year. It's New Mexico State. And will the fish swim accordingly this weekend and get a rare win? I think so. I mean, obviously they've had a kind of a upside down, you know, year with the quarterback position. But I really like uh, Ole Miss is like the running back they have and Jerry and Ely. They got some pieces. I mean, he he always managed to recruit a few talented players. So I think they'll pull this one out. Now, is Ely the freshman from the Jackson, Mississippi area? Is that him? Yeah, I think he, yeah he went to Jackson Prep. I think, if okay. I'm not mistaken. All right, he's the guy that I think had a chance to play professional baseball. And I guess he'll be playing for Mike Bianco's baseball club here in a couple of months. But that game, again, is your mid-afternoon game on the SEC Network. The Missouri Tigers, I don't think they've won a road game all year, and I doubt they'll win this weekend. Mizzou will be between the hedges in Athens, number six Georgia, riding high after their cocktail party win. This game set for 7 Eastern, 6 o'clock Central on ESPN. What do you think of this SEC East battle? I almost feel pain. I feel like Georgia, of course, is still trying to hang on to life of being in the national championship pitcher. So that's the type of game where they're going to try to go out and try to embarrass somebody. I think right now, of course, Alabama and LSU are the two leaders in the clubhouse for the SEC, but Georgia has their inside track on at least being in the SEC championship game against one of those teams. So, of course, they're probably going to try to make a statement this weekend. So I think they'll do that, especially with Justin Fields playing Ohio State and kind of shining up there and being in the highest and trophy race and a lot of people questioning whether or not they made the right decision to go with Jake Fromm over him. I think you you definitely want to see them kind of make a statement this weekend. 
Wrapping up here with Jeremiah Short of the Black Dog Sports Podcast. That's the all Bulldog, as in Mississippi State Bulldog podcast that you can check out. And he's been kind enough to take some time out to talk SEC as MSU enjoys an open weekend this weekend. In Columbia at Williams-Brice Stadium, a team that was just in the top 25 comes in to the cockpit. Appalachian State fell in a Thursday night matchup in Week 10, and they fell to Georgia Southern. And now the Mountaineers out of Boone go south to Columbia. This is an ESPN2 broadcast set for 7 o'clock Columbia, South Carolina time. What do you think of this one? <laughs> I think we know what's going to happen there. I think South Carolina is going to be able to take care of business against them. Really? Um, we'll, much, uh, we'll much help. I think, you know, a lot of people criticize him and even him probably even getting the job because it feel like he didn't do anything to deserve a second job. But I think he's done a decent job there in South Carolina. And I think he's going to eventually get them going the right way. I just don't know if they'll ever be dominant enough you know, with the competition that he does have to face um, in the SEC. Uh-huh. And you can't – if you're an old-timer like me, Jeremiah, you can't mention the words Appalachian State and South Carolina Gamecocks without thinking of the great Sparky Woods, who was the Gamecocks coach back in the early 90s and came directly to Columbia from Appalachian State, where he had been their head coach, and came to Columbia after Joe Morrison, the man in black, died suddenly in 1989. And Woods came uh-huh. there and was the head coach when the Gamecocks transitioned from an independent to an SEC member and – Let's just say things didn't go all that great during the time that he was an SEC oh, coach. Oh, he was our offensive coordinator, so trust me, I know about that. Dude. Yeah. We used to call Sparky Wood plays. That's what we used to call them. All right. <laughs> well, that's the game going on on ESPN2 on Saturday evening. And then you got the Battle of the Barrel, even though they don't give a barrel out anymore. It's Tennessee and their rivalry game with the Kentucky Wildcats. This game set for 7.30 Lexington, Kentucky time, and it'll be 6.30 Central time on the SEC Network. And you've seen, as a Mississippi State guy, both of these teams this year, and it's really a tale of two games for Mississippi State as MSU in Starkville just killed Kentucky and then they go to Knoxville, MSU that is, and they get killed by Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. The thing about Kentucky though, you know, they have Lynn Bowden starting their quarterback and so they just, you know, they didn't have I guess anybody at the quarterback position. They decided, hey, we're just going to go put our best athlete out there and just go get it. You know, he actually was impressive in his first start um, when he did become the starter. And Tennessee, I think you know, Jeremy Pruitt is probably hearing the whispers and er- everybody criticizing him, and maybe they made a bad hire. So, you know, they played pretty – I think we might have just caught a bud. So, when we played them, it was looked like it was going to be an easy victory. So, I mean, it isn't the most exciting SEC matchup, but I'm sure both teams are going to go out there and try to go hard. Well, I think both, it's one of those. both teams have four wins total, and they need every win they can get as the yeah. season winds down in SEC play. Tennessee is two and three. The Wildcats are two and four. And they're kind of at the bottom of the SEC East, but a win will go a long way to bowl eligibility. And the final game in the SEC, we can't overlook this one. It's taking place in Tuscaloosa. It's your mid-afternoon game on CBS. It's LSU and Alabama. Jeremiah Short, what do you think of this one? Oh, man. it's I do think Alabama is the stronger team. But I think the layer, the thing you have to look at with this is, you know, Tua's coming off the injury and he had a procedure a couple of weeks ago. And you kind of got to wonder if, you know, he'll be 100% healthy. Because if he isn't, I don't know if Alabama can pull it out. I don't know if they're going to beat LSU with Mac Roach at quarterback or maybe they'll play his brother. I, I That I will be keeping my eye on. So I don't want to hedge my bets. But I think Alabama is definitely the stronger team. Uh, LSU has some good players. Joe Burrow's a really good Heisman caliber quarterback. 
they actually have an offense for a change, really good defense. Um, and, you know, we gave them a good game for a little bit, and they pulled off on us. But Alabama is Alabama. And I, I've always told people I never pick against Nick Saban, even when we play him. Mm. So he just got – I just don't bet against that man. That man – but if two is not playing, uh, it's hard for me to believe they can beat LSU. Cause LSU's too strong. I wouldn't even disrespect them like that, though. So I'm not hedging my bet. So as of now, two should be healthy. So I would pick Alabama because I feel like they're just stronger. And they are who they are. They have, they're going to out-athlete LSU. I just don't think LSU's to the, back to that level yet, even though Coach O is doing an excellent job of recruiting and leading that team. I mean, who would have thought that Coach O and 8 would become a potential <laughs> national <laughs> Oh, that's going way back there with that reference to 2007, I guess. Oh, I remember being at the game when he made that infamous call where he decided to what, – what did he decide to do, punt the ball or go for it? No, no he, went, he went, for it. went for it on fourth and one. And, <laughs> yes, I remember that. Hey, he used, he used that school in Oxford as a training ground, and good for him. Good for him. He's, he's, it's paying dividends for him right now, and it'll pay even more dividends if the Bayou Bengals get the win in Tuscaloosa this Saturday afternoon. This game, again, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 on CBS. Fantastic information, again, coming from Jeremiah Short of the Black Dog Sports Podcast, all about Mississippi State University Bulldog Sports. When we come back after the break, we will go to the ACC. Jonathan Lifehite will be dropping by with a report on the Atlantic Coast Conference. It's week 11, and this is the Y'all Kickoff Show. Stay where you are. From ooh to aww, whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at Vistaprint.com. Discover cards in the latest trends or fill a calendar with your favorite photos. So make more merry at Vistaprint.com with up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars, plus great deals on photo gifts. Just enter code HOLIDAY50 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, code HOLIDAY50. Wake Forest with a great opportunity this weekend as Dave Clausen's clergyman head up to Lane Stadium in Blacksburg with a chance to win another ACC contest and then have a big battle with Clemson. And believe it or not, if ACC, if the Atlantic comes down to a, a one-loss Wake Forest going up against a no-loss Clemson football team, if Wake wins that game, they'll go to the conference championship. And Clemson, their season may just come crashing down. But that's in the future. Right now, it's week 11, and we got to talk about that Wake Virginia Tech game in just a second. But we've got other games going on. In fact, we got news to talk about in the ACC. This is the Y'all Kickoff Show, our ACC Spotlight. We're joined now by Jonathan Lifite of 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports Digital to walk us through this week 11 lineup 
of the Atlantic Coast Conference, and we'll do just that. But Jonathan, we got some ACC news and notes to get to, as this week we saw the firing of Willie Taggart as the head coach of the Florida State Seminoles, and he walks away with a bunch of money in doing so. But they decided in Tallahassee to go ahead and make this coaching change after the Knowles were embarrassed at home at Dope Campbell last week to their rival, the Miami Hurricanes. And let's be honest, they've been embarrassed really since Willie Taggart came aboard at the start of the 2018 season. Things have not gone well in the Taggart era in Tallahassee and the administration there at FSU decides to make the coaching change this week so jonathan kind of want to break down what your thoughts are on this change and also of course what's going on here in week 11 welcome into the show sir florida state is now in the market for uh for a head coach and if i'm willie taggart um you know i'm disappointed but i've got about an 18 million dollar uh payday ahead of me so i'm not going to be uh, crying too much about it athletic director at florida state david coburn said there was no advantage in waiting to fire taggart toward the end of the season so they went ahead and made the call here roughly midway through year number two in the taggart dynasty in tallahassee and did i see somewhere that they had maybe a gofundme type effort going on in tallahassee and they raised about 20 million dollars to get him out of that contract uh, you know, I hadn't heard about a GoFundMe, but I had heard that they had raised a bunch of money to get to, to take care of them. And I, I don't know the exact amount, but I do know there was a, a pretty significant amount of money raised. Yeah, well, it wasn't a GoFundMe officially, but it was something like that. A grassroots effort, we'll just call it that, as FSU makes the change away from Willie Taggart. And that brings the question mark. I'm seeing stories out about possibly a Stoops in the maybe cards to be the head coach at Florida State. And we're not talking about Bob. There's a chance that his, I guess, little brother could end up being the coach at Tallahassee. What do you know about what's going on with the FSU coaching search? Well, I'll say this. Anybody that comes out and thinks that they've got a list or anything like that, then I think they're probably wrong. They did say, you mentioned Bob, and they did say they'd love to talk to him, but I think most people realize he probably isn't going to return to coaching. Um, but to, uh, to, uh, That's not true. He already is coaching. He's going to be coaching well, the new XFL franchise in Dallas. Right, and that that's a job that takes him six months of the year, and he gets the other six months off. So my point is, is you won't see him back in college football more uh, than likely. Okay. But well, but to your point, Mark Stoops is definitely also a, a name that will probably be uh, that will surface, and and you know he's got a pretty decent gig at Kentucky, but you know Florida State's certainly a step above, and would would be a step up for 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 Mark from from where he's at at Kentucky. So that's that's a couple of names, you know. And after that, I I think you know who knows who who will emerge. They've got really a long time to kind of to kind of scan the horizon and figure out who they want and if anybody comes out and says a, a deal's in place at this point i'm pretty sure they're they don't know what they're talking about and prior to going to lexington kentucky mark stoops actually was an assistant at florida state i guess he would have been an assistant on the jimbo fisher staff that is correct okay and now he is being rumored about hey this is why jonathan your website 24 7 sports your subscriptions go way up when there's a coaching change in the process <laughs> uh yeah people tend to get pretty interested uh so uh, uh if, if i'm the fsu publisher i'm thinking oh great i got a lot of people incoming of course you got to produce some uh, some content to go with that too though 
All right. Well, again, 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports Digital are good options for you to keep up with the FSU coaching search, which they're getting a jump start on just about everybody. I believe Rutgers made the first coaching change here this year, and now Florida State is number two on the changing in the Power Five of programs looking for a new coach here entering year 2020. Well, the fun was so great at Doak Campbell last week that Bubba Bolden of the Florida of the Miami Hurricanes in that game there at Florida State, he got hurt celebrating. What do we know about this? Yeah, uh, looks like he turned his ankle when uh, one of his players bumped him a little too hard, and I guess knocked him off balance. So uh, it's not the first time we've seen that. I know there was a player at Georgia probably uh, eight ten years ago that had uh, actually torn ACL when they when they did a celebration. So. Uh, you know, got to be careful when you're celebrating because, you know, apparently it can cause injuries. Yeah, he's going to miss the remainder of the season. That would be Mr. Bubba Bolden, all because of this injury that happened after he made a third quarter interception of a deflected pass in that 27 to 10 win at Florida State. So the game was not even over when he got hurt. So it wasn't a celebration of victory. It was a celebration of a great play. And that's what's going to have him sitting out the rest of the way Miami improved to five and four three and three in conference play with the win in the state capitol last weekend well, let's talk a little Clemson Tiger football Jonathan and he had something to say in his press conference this week about his alma mater the Alabama Crimson Tide of which that other conference has kind of a big game going on this weekend the president's going to be in Bryant Denny Stadium is Clemson and not Clemson Clemson might be on both of their minds but LSU and Alabama get together in Tuscaloosa and Dabo had something to say about Alabama and SEC football well, I mean, he uh, he was kind of responding to some criticism about their schedule and and the strength of their program. And he's talking about his point, own program, Clemson. That is right, right. And uh, and so I think he responded with, "Well, who all's beaten Alabama?" And if you look back over the last five years, I think Alabama has six losses, and two of them have come at the hands of the Clemson Tigers. So, you know, when you own a third of the losses against one of the better programs. Uh, when you, when you caused, I should say, a third of the losses against one of the best programs or not the best program in college football, you've got something you can, you can claim against that. So, you know, he's making a valid point. They're still a good program and they're still a very good team and they've, they've done it on the field to prove it. Well, according to, I think it's the Sagarin rankings, Clemson has the 64th most difficult schedule here in 2019. Well, I mean, you know, they probably haven't had the most difficult self schedules this year and probably will continue to not, but hey, they're undefeated and they proved it, you know, each year. They're a good team and they're a good program. So I, uh, you know, I'm not too concerned about how how strong their schedule is or isn't if, I, if I'm Dabo. Well, they may have about the seventieth ranked schedule in the country. But they got a number one running back in the backfield. Congratulations to Travis Etienne, who is now the career-rushing leader in Clemson football history. This is a program. Jonathan, help me out with a couple of names from the past. James Davis, isn't that one of the running backs they had? Let's yeah, C.J. Spiller. Yeah, and- Spiller. You had the Thunder yeah. and Lightning about eight years ago. I believe Davis might have been part of that combo. And let's see, Terry Allen. Does that name sound familiar to you? Yeah, he was way back when. Well, uh, I, I like the old days. He was part of that 81 team, I believe. I, I, I think I'm right on this. Banks McFadden, if you want to go way on back. 
I yeah, think he was another one. He was a running back for Clemson. I think, of course, that was in the era where they played both ways there in college football. But Travis Etienne, who, by the way, is a native of Louisiana, and how in the <laughs> world he ended up at Clemson, I guess we'll never know, except that he's got a good head coach that knows how to recruit right out of yep. the other Death Valley, and he shows up in Clemson and helps the Tigers at least win one national championship in his tenure in Tiger Town. Yeah, and he uh, he becomes the all-time uh, scoring touchdown leader for uh, for the Clemson Tigers, uh, eclipsing any anybody else. So uh, that's a pretty big honor, if you ask me. Yeah, and I will remind people when they talk about Clemson's rather easy schedule. They just played Wofford this past weekend. Wofford is a pretty good team out of the FCS ranks that runs an option offense for the most part. And Clemson scored 59 points on a team that slows things down. And so that's a great testament to Clemson that they were able to get almost 60 points against an option offense. Jonathan, we now enter the 11th week of college football. And in the ACC, we got a busy football Saturday as Florida State and their interim coach head up to Alumni Stadium in Chestnut Hill and the Boston College Eagles await for an ACCN broadcast that begins at noon Boston time. It'll be interesting to see if Florida State rallies or if they fold. Uh, you know, when you, you have a, whenever you have a coaching change, either the team rallies behind, you know, what's going on or they just give it up and fold up, fold on the, uh, on the, on the field. So be interesting to see how they react. We'll have to find out if the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets fold as the season has pretty much gone out of control for Jeff Collins. And he's got a difficult task going to Scott Stadium in Charlottesville. This is the game on ACCNX with the Yellow Jackets and the Virginia Cavaliers. Virginia finds himself in a pretty decent position now entering the home stretch of the schedule. This is a 1230 Charlottesville time kick. Yeah, Virginia is in good shape, especially after beating uh, North Carolina this past week. I wasn't sure how that game was going to go, but uh, uh, give give the Who's credit they uh, they got went into into Keenan Stadium and walked out with a victory. So they're they're setting themselves up as the the leading contender. It looks like it's going to come down to them and Pitt. All right. Well, as we walk our way through this weekend of football here in our 11th week, hey, no need to turn on CBS for that Alabama-LSU game at the exact same time, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central on ACCN. It's the number 19 Wake Forest Demon Deacons heading into Lane Stadium for a battle with those gobblers out of Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech with the near win at Notre Dame. Wake Forest comes in ranked number 19. This ought to be a pretty good matchup. Yeah, it actually should be. Uh, you know, again, Virginia Tech's been a little inconsistent. Wake's been a lot more consistent through the year, and they've played pretty well. Um, and they absolutely destroyed NC State, and I'm not sure what the heck's happened to them. But nonetheless, uh, I think, you know, if it was if it was at uh, Winston-Salem, I'd probably give the Deeks the edge. But I think it's pretty much a toss-up going into Lane Stadium. All right. Two teams with almost identical records, if not exactly identical records. I know they both have five wins overall. Louisville is heading south. They're going to the beach where the Miami Hurricanes await for a game at Hard Rock Stadium. This is an ESPN2 broadcast at 3.30 Carl Gable's time. What's going on here in this one with Scott Satterfield's bunch going into Miami? Well, I mean, again, I think this is going to be a case of which Miami team shows up and, and how they play. They, they've just been so schizophrenic and, and, and really unpredictable. Louisville's been a little more steady 
So, uh, but you know, if you ask me, you know, Miami's feeling pretty good after coming off the Florida State win. So we'll we'll see how they react and if, if they can if they can sustain the, the the good play or not. Yeah. Well, after Louisville somehow went into BB and T Stadium and got that victory and uh, unbelievable game. If y'all don't have a chance to watch that on YouTube, sometime you should. Sixty two fifty nine. They got the victory at Wake Forest. Yes, they were hammered pretty bad at home to the, by the Clemson Tigers, but they followed that up with a victory over Virginia. And let's remind you that the Louisville Cardinals have won three of their last four games and have a chance to go to a bowl. And I don't think anybody saw that one coming. No, they really didn't. I mean, they, they were 0-8 last year in the ACC, and I think they were picked near the bottom this year. Uh, but you know, in the preseason, so not, not expected. So, you know, you're probably right. They probably are playing a lot better and it, going down to Miami, you know, Miami being as schizophrenic as they are, they, if they can, if they can play consistent Miami, you'll probably do something to shoot themselves in the foot. All right. Again, this is a mid-afternoon game on ESPN2. When we get into the evening hours in prime time on ABC from Carter-Finley Stadium in the capital city of North Carolina, the Wolfpack and the number 5 Clemson Tigers have their textile bowl battle. This is a 7.30 Eastern time kick. Jonathan, can the Wolfpack pull the shocker? Nope. No chance. Okay. Do you see Clemson improving now after they had that close scare at North Carolina? Well, they haven't had any since then, so I'd say they have. All right. Clemson and NC State. And just down the road from Carter-Finley at Wallace Wade Stadium, also kicking off at 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central. This game on the ACCN. It's Notre Dame, ranked 15th in the country, going in to Wallace Wade to take on the Duke Blue Devils, a 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central kick. Jonathan, can David Cutcliffe's team, which enjoyed a breather last week, come out and pull a, I guess this would be an upset, a victory against Notre Dame? Yeah, it's possible, but probably not likely. And I, and I suspect Notre Dame probably coming off the heels of that close win, they'll probably uh, be a little more focused as they head into, head into Durham. Now, how much have you seen Duke play here this year? Because they're a team that I thought would be a little bit better than what they are, at least on the record. I, and I've seen them in a couple of, of, of games. They're their offense has been kind of, I don't know, weird and inconsistent, and but their defense has been, you know, fairly, uh, fairly, you know, reasonable and, and decent. I, I just, I think offensively they're, they're having some struggles to get the consistency, particularly out of the quarterback position. Um, so, but, you know, I haven't seen them a whole lot, but that's been okay. kind of my observation. All right. Again, that's the late night contest, if you want to call it that. The Clemson NC State and Notre Dame Duke all kicking off at 7.30 Eastern. When we come back on the Y'all Kickoff, it's our final segment. It's college football lanyap, and we'll walk through the group of five games going on. AAC, CUSA, and Sunbelt, plus some FCS contest of note. And, of course, from Dixiewood Love, will take us to kickoff. All that as we close out this, the Y'all Kickoff Show. Would you get on an airplane if you knew it had a 50% chance of crashing? You may be riding that plane right now. If you have your money in a 401k or IRA and you plan to take out the recommended percentage each year when you retire, your chance of running out of money is 50%. 
50%. But there's a better and safer way to secure your income in retirement. Discover how in a free book called Rescue Your Retirement. This wealth building strategy has never had a losing year in more than a century. In fact, even the man who invented the 401k now prefers this method instead. Get Rescue Your Retirement free for just a small shipping charge and enjoy a safe landing and a comfortable retirement. Get this free book and make sure you don't run out of money. Hurry, this offer is extremely limited. To get your free copy, just go to growwealthsafely.com. That's growwealthsafely.com to discover how to rescue your retirement. Growwealthsafely.com. It's the final segment of this, the Y'all Kickoff Show for Week 11. John Rawl, thank y'all for taking some time to join us and get you ready for a kickoff here on this football Saturday. Well, this is what we call the final segment, a.k.a. college football lanyard. I know there's that big game going on in Tuscaloosa. They got a big one in Minneapolis. But this is where we look at other games that you need to be aware of outside of the Power Five. And this is the college football lanyard. And to understand the Power Five, well, you need to know what's going on with the standings as well. And we'll spotlight first the American Athletic Conference. As the Cincinnati Bearcats are the only undefeated team in the AAC, they are 4-0, and they are 7-1 overall. They're ranked 20th in the land. Their only loss coming to number one Ohio State, by the way. So still a lot to play for there in the Queen City. The Bearcats have the lead in the East Division of the AAC. The UCF Knights, who they defeated earlier in the season, they're in the second spot in the East Division. When we switch over to the West, now this is the division that's crazy. The Navy Midshipmen actually have the lead right now, and they're ranked 24th in the country as the Middies are 5-1 and one in AAC play. The Memphis Tigers, huge win over SMU last week. Got to give Memphis a lot of credit. They had a sold-out Liberty Bowl. They had college game day in the bluff city it was a wonderful evening for memphis tiger fans and they backed that up with a 21 ranking and a great chance to win the west and tiger fans even some more good news i'm I'm sitting here bragging on navy guess what navy has one conference loss and that was to the memphis Tigers. so memphis actually has the tiebreaker over the usna smu they're four and one after that loss to memphis so memphis with the tiebreakers over their two closest competitors in the west division two lanes at three and two in west division play of the aac when we look at what's going on in that conference today the lineup on this football saturday is pretty light there were some games played on thursday and friday ucf tulsa had the friday night lights game temple south florida had thursday night lights games from raymond james stadium but on this day the east carolina pirates have smu on the road as the ponies host this game at gerald j ford stadium this is a game on espnu that begins at noon eastern 11 
11 Central. And then why watch Alabama LSU when you can go on to CBS SN and watch UConn at Cincinnati, the number 20 Cincinnati Bearcats, and this game from Nippert Stadium in the Queen City. So only two games here. Remember the Memphis Tigers, they don't have a game. Navy is off on this day. Heck, even the Tulane Green Wave are having a little breather here on this 9th of November. But only two games in the American going on here on this football Saturday. When we go over to Conference USA and try to make sense of what's going on in that conference, when we look at the standings, CUSA has two different divisions. And the Marshall Thundering Herd out of Huntington, West Virginia, they're leading the way alongside Florida Atlantic with a 4-1 and conference mark. And both of those squads are 6-3. and The Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky will be playing out of the conference. I'll tell you about that matchup in a second. The Hilltoppers are 4-2 and two in CUSA play. Charlotte, which had a big win last week, they're 2-3 and three in conference play. And MTSU 2-3 and three as well. When we switch over to the West Division of CUSA, hey, how about the job going on in Ruston as Coach Holtz's Louisiana Tech Bulldogs are 4-0, and 7-1 overall, having a great season in Lincoln Parish. And they are doing quite well, those Bulldogs. UAB is just behind Louisiana Tech. UAB with a 3-1 and mark, 6-2 and overall. The Southern Miss Golden Eagles are 3-1, and 5-3 and overall. And then the Mean Green of Texas, of North Texas, that is. They're 3-2, and 4-5 and overall. And a couple other teams are really having a tough time, like UTEP and Rice are both winless in the CUSA. And only UTEP's got a win all season. The Miners are one and seven rice a pathetic oh and nine what's going on on the gridiron here on this 11th of on this 9th of november for the cusa we told you about western kentucky got a big game i think they're going to win i really think the hilltoppers are going to go into razorback stadium and defeat the arkansas razorbacks this is a game set for the sec network at noon eastern 11 central arkansas's got so many problems I just don't see how they're going to be able to regroup, even against Western Kentucky. Remember, it was the mean green of North Texas that embarrassed Chad Morris's team last year. And this year, you just might see those Hilltoppers go in and get another upset, a CUSA upset over the Razorbacks. Again, this is a high noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Fayetteville time kick on the SEC Network. The Roadrunners of UTSA, they will be in Norfolk as they'll be playing Old Dominion at SB Ballard Stadium. This is a 2 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Central game, digital only on ESPN3. The 49ers of UNC Charlotte will be way out west in a town called El Paso as the UTEP Miners host the 49ers. A game set for ESPN Plus starts at 3 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock Central, and I guess that would be 1 o'clock El Paso time. At M.M. Roberts Stadium in Hattiesburg, The Rock. You can tune in to the NFL Network at 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Hattiesburg time. And the Blazers and the Southern Miss Golden Eagles have a battle. And this ought to be pretty good. These are two of the leaders, if you looked at the standings again, in the West Division of CUSA. And both have 3-1 and one conference marks. Both are chasing Louisiana Tech. And this ought to be a good one again from M.M. Roberts Stadium in the Berg with Southern Miss hosting UAB. 
And then you got the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs, the aforementioned leaders of the CUSA, and the mean green of North Texas will find their way to North Louisiana, where Joe Allette Stadium hosts this battle. It starts at 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Rustin time between the mean green Eagles and those Bulldogs of Louisiana Tech. And then the final game in CUSA here on this 9th of November is a rivalry game from FAU Football Stadium in Boca Raton as Lane Kiffin's Florida Atlantic owls host the florida international panthers this is a game that's going to start at six o'clock south florida time five o'clock central between fau and fiu fau four and one in the conference fiu not doing so good they're three and three but both have winning records to their credit so this ought to be again a rivalry game i'm sure they probably even have some time some kind of trophy they may hand out when this one's done but these schools facing off late uh, again six o'clock eastern five o'clock central in cusa football when we move over to the fun belt the fun belt of college football aka the sun belt and it, it is kind of fun i mean we saw an upset l- the week before last with georgia southern going into boone and beating an unbeaten appalachian state football team and when we look at the sun belt standings right now those mountaineers still have the edge in the east division of the sun belt they're four and one seven and one overall they did fall out of the rankings this week after georgia southern beat them the georgia state panthers and the georgia southern eagles are at three and one in conference play and that's got to be confusing both in the state of georgia and both go by gsu but and even have sort of the same color scheme but those two teams are three and one in conference play the chanticleers out of coastal carolina are one and three and that's the same record the trojans out of the wiregrass of alabama troy is also one and three they're having a tough time reloading after neil brown took off to west virginia in the west division of the sunbelt fun belt the raging cajuns of louisiana lafayette they actually have a new coach there this year that's doing pretty good and the cajuns are three and one conference play six and two already bowl eligible after hutchput took off and is now at austin p as the cajuns lead that west division of the sunbelt the red wolf indians of arkansas state are at three and two five and four overall there the Warhawks of Louisiana Monroe in Northeast Louisiana, they are two and two, three and five. The Bobcats out of Southwest Texas State are at one and three, two and six. George Strait's alma mater needs to step it up here this year. And then the Jags of South Alabama have not won a conference game. They're zero and four and one and seven overall in college football. And when you look at the Sun Belt schedule here for this weekend, you had a little early action at Brooks Stadium in Conway in Ori county south carolina thursday night light says the raging cajuns visited the coastal carolina chanticleers that was a game telecast on espnu and now we come to this football saturday's lineup of the sunbelt conference and the jags will go out to george Strait u and bobcat stadium hosts this battle between the jags and texas state a digital only broadcast espn3 and that's at three o'clock eastern two o'clock san marcos time the Georgia Southern Eagles don't have to go all that far in Sunbelt terms. They'll be going to Troy to play the Trojans from Veterans Memorial Stadium, also known as Movie Gallery Stadium. That's what it was called back when we used to go to video rental stores. That was a huge video rental chain based out of the Wiregrass, and that was the name of that stadium. But now they got the boring name of Veterans Memorial Stadium. But 
hey, this weekend, that's not such a bad name. It is Veterans Day coming up next week. And to all our veterans listening to the Y'all Kickoff Show, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate your service. And even though it's not Memorial Day, we certainly remember and honor all of our brave veterans and those who served in our armed forces who lost their life in the line of duty. Their sacrifice so that we could live in the world that we live in and enjoy shows like this, the Y'all Kickoff Show. It's the Eagles and the Trojans, this again at 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central on ESPN+. Plus. The Georgia State Panthers, and they're going to be on the road at Malone Stadium in Monroe as ULM hosts the Georgia State Panthers. This is a game set for 5 Atlanta time, 4 o'clock Monroe time, and again, this is a game in Monroe there in northeast Louisiana. Again, it should be fun to watch on ESPN+. And then our final Sunbelt game features a Sunbelt team and an SEC team. Appalachian State goes down to Columbia, and at Williams-Brice Stadium, Will Muschamp and the South Carolina Gamecocks await. This is an ESPN2 broadcast. App State with only one loss on the season. They were just ranked, but then Georgia Southern came calling in a cold night in Boone on a Thursday night at that, and App State couldn't meet that challenge. Lost to Georgia Southern for the second year in a row, and now the Nears in Columbia to take on the fighting Gamecocks at 7 Eastern, 6 o'clock Central on ESPN2. And those are your Sunbelt games here on this 11th weekend of college football. Now we wrap up talking a little FCS football, if you don't mind. We love to give the Division 1AA a little bit of love here on the Y'all Kickoff Show. And in the FCS action going on on this football weekend, we go to the CAA. And two teams that historically have been pretty good in the conference are going to be facing off in Philly as the Richmond Spiders and the Villanova Wildcats have a game set for 1 o'clock Eastern. And that, again, is a digital-only game if you have a chance to tune in and see the Spiders cast their web upon the Villanova Wildcats football team. You know, that Villanova Wildcat basketball team, which is kind of worth noting since we're in the college basketball it just got started by the way tuesday night in case you were under a rock yeah richmond and villanova with a pretty good football team at villanova in addition to their basketball team also in the caa you got a one o'clock eastern kick between the tribe of william and mary and there in williamsburg they'll be hosting the rhode island rams now to the big south conference and in Bowie's creek those wild and crazy campbell camp have the Kennesaw State Owls paying them a visit. This is a game set for 1 o'clock Bowie's Creek time on ESPN+. By the way, both of these teams have been pretty good, but the leader of the Big South Conference is actually a darn Yankee school as Monmouth is the leader in that conference right now, and that's in like the northern short corner on the Jersey Shore is where you'll find Monmouth, and somehow they're, they're the best football team in the Big South Conference right now. Also in the Big South Conference this weekend, the Gardner-Webb Running Bulldogs will be paying a visit to Bailey Stadium in Clinton, South Carolina, and the Blue Hose of Presbyterian College will be taking on those Running Bulldogs at 1 o'clock Clinton time as Presbyterian is getting ready to check out of the Big South and step down to the non-scholarship Pioneer League here. I think it's next year they're scheduled to do that. The VMI Kedats have a Southern Conference game in Greenville as the Furman Paladins will be hosting 
hosting the Keydats as they march their way to Greenville. This is a 1 o'clock Greenville-South Carolina time kick between two teams that have done pretty well this year. Furman, if they win out, they'll be the Southern Conference champions, but VMI is going to come in with a pretty good arm of their quarterback, and VMI's had luck on their side with a couple of wins this year. It ought to be worth watching there from Paladin Stadium in Greenville, South Carolina, the Virginia Military Institute, and Furman University. To the SWAC we go, and the Jackson State Tigers will be going to North Alabama as Alabama A&M awaits for a 2 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Central game between the Tigers and the Alabama A&M Bulldogs. And also in the SWAC, you have the Grand Tigers. They'll be hosting the Alcorn State Braves. And this a game going on at 3 Eastern, 2 o'clock. You can find that digitally on ESPN3. These two great teams out of the SWAC getting together between the Braves and the Tigers. The Braves have won a couple of SWAC titles here of late. And then I think Grambling won it last year. So these are your leaders historically over the last decade. And they'll be facing off in Lincoln Parish, Louisiana. Now, back to the CAA ranks and the leaders of that and one of the best teams in all of FCS football, the Dukes of James Madison. They've got New Hampshire coming in for a battle, and that's a 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 kick there in the Shenandoah Valley. And we'll also tell you about Southeastern Louisiana out of the Southland Conference. They'll be at Conway to take on the Central Arkansas Bears there on the Purple Turf. 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Central, the time between the Lions and the UCA Bears. Also in the Southland, the Sam Houston State Bearcats will be all the way out in Abilene as Abilene Christian hosts this battle at 4 o'clock, 3 o'clock Central. By the way, Abilene's got one more game to tell you about later in about two weeks. You'll be mentioning, you'll be hearing Abilene Christian as they'll be taking on Mississippi State in Starkville as the Bulldogs have this FCS opponent coming into Davis Wade Stadium. Big game going on in the Ohio Valley Conference. In fact, General Gridiron even talked about it. The UT Martin Skyhawks will be going up to Clarksville, and the governors of Austin P will be having a battle for the Sergeant York Trophy. This will be at 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Clarksville, Tennessee time game. You can watch on ESPN Plus between the Skyhawks and the Austin P Govs. And then the other game also worth mentioning is a battle of two unbeatens going on. And of all places, Yankee Stadium in New York City. The Princeton Tigers, the team that played the very first college football game in 1869 against Rutgers, by the way. Princeton will be going up against the Dartmouth Big Green Indians. These two teams have not lost. And did you see Dartmouth win in a Hail Mary against Harvard last week? So... It's going to be a great game from Yankee Stadium, a game televised on ESPNU set for a 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central time kick, which, by the way, is the same time that Alabama LSU game starts. Why don't you watch Princeton Dartmouth? That ought to be a lot of fun, even though they're a bunch of nerdy Yankees getting together. Ought to be fun here on this 11th weekend of college football. And that is our college football lanyard, getting you ready for all of the fun here. SEC, Big 12, ACC, Group of Five, and even FCS football. Now, what other show does all of that? I can't think of a single one. Well, I'm John Rawl. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. We hope you're ready for kickoff and enjoy the big games, including that Alabama LSU game and whatever game you might be attending. Have a great time. We'll be right back here next week for week 12. And until that time, from Dixie with Love's gonna get us to kickoff.